coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. What a pleasure to welcome you to peacepodcast.org. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, your host for the next 20 minutes. Today you're in for a treat, not only a treat, but a very learned scholar who is going to tell us how we, we can change the planet by what we think in our mind. Dr. Larry Dossie, imagine, you're going to get to hear Larry Dossie. Now, you may not know who he is, but by the time we're done with this 20-minute moments with Larry, you're going to find out he's a physician of internal medicine, has an illustrious career in the Army, Navy, and I don't even know all the military parts, but he is now the executive editor of the Journal of Science and Healing, former chief of staff, Medical City Dallas Hospital. He is speaks widely. In fact, I was watching him on the bio by some one of the YouTube channels, and I was amazed. He's not only scholarly, he's funny. You will listen to him, and he brings that sense of humor. You know, when we laugh or cry, we remember things, and he brought that sense of humor right to life. Well, this fellow, Dr. Larry Dossie, has written 13 books and hundreds of articles about health and spirituality and how prayer can heal you from a distance. I am just loving having this moment. In 2016, Larry, I interviewed 85 peacemakers. And after I was through with them, I wrote a charter, the Peace Charter for We the People of Planet Earth. Now I'm gonna read it, the first paragraph. No, I'm gonna read the first sentence because I'm gonna tell you something I left out. Peace is created by the right relationship with oneself, other persons, other cultures, other life on Earth, and I left out the mind. And today I want to really hit that idea that you wrote in this, your latest book, One Mind, how our individual mind is part of a greater consciousness and why it matters. Welcome, Larry Dossie. Great to be with you, Barbara. It's an absolute pleasure. All right, I'm going to start with a basic question. Now, I'm sure Larry at the end of our talk will talk about his website where you can find out more about the mind. But I'm going to ask a basic question. What is your book about? (laughs) (laughs) That's the question that every author wants to be asked. Yes, we do want to ask it. Right. Well, it's about uh, the nature of consciousness. Uh, The basic idea of the book is it goes beyond materialism. Most of us have been brought up with the assumption that our brains sort of manufacture consciousness. I mean, that's the materialistic point of view. That's the uh, view that I was uh, educated with in college and in medical school. And imagine my surprise (laughs) to find out that that's not right. Uh, I think the view is emerging in the culture that Although consciousness certainly works through the brain, it is not manufactured or made by the brain. Uh, how do we know that? Well, conscious can, consciousness can do things that brain simply cannot do. We can communicate with people at a distance. We can convey thoughts and, and uh, complicated information, irrespective of the separations of space and time. And so consciousness is really sort of a miraculous sort of phenomenon that we don't fully understand, but we have to, on the basis of scientific evidence, 
we have to accept that it is what I call non-local. That means it's not localized or confined to our brains or even our bodies as a whole, but it's uh, everywhere. It's infinite in space and time. That makes me very happy because my late husband, Dr. Robert Mueller, passed. He left us 7,500 ideas and dreams, but he also left us a way of thinking that peace is possible. And he always was playing his harmonica with the ode to joy so that people would wake up when he would talk. And this is a wake-up call today. This is a wake-up call, Dr. Dossie, that we need to wake up to our own potential. Talk a little bit about what does that do for us once we realize that consciousness is just not a brainchild. It is the wholeness of ourselves. Well, it's a way for people to communicate and to really understand that separation between people is, is really a kind of illusion when you consider consciousness. Uh, this sounds like fairy tales to people who bump into this idea for the first time. But uh, th this is not fantasy. I mean, this is a view of consciousness uh, as infinite that is borne out by actual scientific studies. I've spent 30 years of my life looking at these studies and I'm convinced that this is the way science is going to go in the future if people are willing to look at the data. Uh, there's still people in my profession and in science in general and in biology in particular who don't want to have anything to do with this stuff. Uh, they call it parapsychology, woo-woo ideas and all this sort of stuff. Well, these people are going to fall by the wayside uh, for one particular reason. And that, that reason is that they ignore the data. The data is absolutely overwhelming that we're united at the level of consciousness, that there's no separation and no divisions. And when we talk about the politi politics and the policy of peace between people, I think this idea sets the stage for that. Because if we understand that we're intimately connected with everyone else, then what do we want to do? We want to get along. We want to entertain the ideas uh, of other people. And we have that magical word tolerance, which is almost equivalent to the word peace. You make me want to cry out of joy um, <laughs> because I, I was raised with this kind of philosophy by my grandfather who immigrated from Hungary to avoid World War I. And he'd said to me when I was a little three-year-old, you're gonna be a peacemaker, Barbara. And I said, but grandpa, I'm only three. And he said, look at all the years you have to work for peace. And then I go fast forward to Robert Mueller and I marry this amazing man from the United States. I heard him speak once. I was in the audience. You were there. And you felt this, this rush of, I can do it, I can make peace because Robert said I could. Yes. And then I go to Teilhard de Chardin, and what did he say? When we discover spirituality, it will be I've discovered fire for the second time. It's a beautiful say. You know that. And then you quoted in your book, Rupert Sheldrake, my pal who said, dogs are smarter than we are. They know when you're coming home, when you leave your office. They have a sense. Why have we not developed this sense? What is wrong? Well, we have been brainwashed in our culture, uh, uh, in the cult of the individual. You know, growing up, we're told we, sh we should focus on the individuality. We should pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. I mean, it, it's up to us as an ego 
uh, and a, an individual. Uh, I mean, Western democracies are founded on the cult of the sacredness of the individual. Well, we do have individual qualities. I'm not here to criticize individuality, but I'm here to say that it falls short. It gives us a piecemeal view of who we are. And so a, a fuller view would uh, acknowledge the infinitude of consciousness. And it's to abolish boundaries between individuals. It's to come together in tolerance and peace and understanding. I think if we're going to save our species on this planet, it's going to be absolutely necessary to make this bridge from individuality to unity. That's the essential spiritual message from most of the organized religions. And if they could practice it, wouldn't we be happy? You know, it's, they can say it, but let's see where you're walking these days. You know, Larry, I'm listening to you and so many thoughts just come into my brain about the connectedness that I feel with my grandchildren, the connectedness I feel with my late husband, the connectedness I feel with you. What stops people from being connected? Is it the ego, as you mentioned a minute ago? Well, I think it's many things. Uh, you know, there are cultures in the world who take this unity and connectedness as fact. They don't struggle with it. But we have been almost hypnotized in our culture to think that we're separate individuals, that we have an ego and uh, we ought to cultivate that. You know, one of the definitions of mental health is to develop a healthy ego. Well, I'm all for that, but I'm also eager to say that that's only part of who we are. You know, people who have mystical experiences of oneness and unity don't need the scientific proofs. Uh, there are 15 million Americans now who have had near-death experiences, and when they come back, they don't need any logical convincing or any arguments to make the case that they're one with everything. They've had the experience. And uh, I think that's a beautiful uh, uh, example of how we can apprehend in the transition toward death the way things really are. I'm happy to say that I haven't had a, a near-death experience and I'm not looking for one, but I think that you can get to this point in many ways. Uh, and uh, that's all to the good. It is. And, and when you said we're one with everything, that was just, that's almost a title for a book again. <laughs> one with everything. You think about that, one with everything. I feel so close to my granddaughters and you probably feel very close to your relatives too. And I almost can talk to them. I remember Gloria Crook, the founder of the Robert Mueller School in Arlington, Texas. You wow. may have heard that name. She really? said, if we wouldn't have been deprogrammed at birth, we wouldn't have needed fax machines. We wouldn't have needed telephones. We would have known what was going on in the mind of those around us. And we would have been connected. I'll never forget her spiritual base of for saying, we are one, we are one aren't we, Larry? Yes. Well, there's no doubt about it. You know, a lot of people uh, want to debate this and say, you know, if you have this idea that you're one with everything, then you'll forget who you are as an individual. Uh, that, that's a fallacy. You know, in science, there's a principle called complementarity. And this is a situation in which opposite ideas don't conflict. But when you bring them together, they give you a fuller description of who we are. And so individuality 
and unity of consciousness are the, an example of complementary aspects of the way the world works. Uh, so I think we have to get through uh, uh, this notion that it's got to be one way or the other. Uh, actually, we are individuals, no doubt about that, but we're also connected and unified in this complementary way. And I think it's important that people understand that complementarity is okay. It's not illogical. It's not irrational. It's just a description of the way things are. And there's so many benefits. There's so many benefits for being connected. Um, I was reading your 25th idea here on your wonderful, wonderful things you sent to me last night. What difference in your own life has this awareness of the one mind and our interconnectedness made in your life, Larry? Well, I was uh, reared uh, and educated to think that all this oneness and unity was just woo-woo stuff and uh, it doesn't deserve our attention. But my uh, experience in clinical internal medicine has influenced me greatly. Uh, I know the database pretty well in this field and uh, I can tell you that people who have this sense of connectedness and oneness with other people live generally longer than people who don't have this sense and they're healthier in the process. So if people just wanted to be practical, I think I could make the case that it's good for you to have this sense of connectedness with other people, regardless of the spiritual aspects or the mystical aspects or any of that. If you just wanna focus on pure physical health and longevity, you would go in this direction. So we can defend this idea of oneness and unity from the point of view of physicality and good health and longevity, but also from a mystical, spiritual, transcendental point of view at the same time. I love it when you said in your book about we are never alone. Doesn't that just feel beautiful? We are never alone when we realize that our mind and our connectedness and our consciousness are universal. I have had so many people in my life who agree with you, Larry, but they never really put it together. Um, I think about what you've done is you've created an opening for all of us to practice what you wrote in the book, One Mind. Larry, if we wanted to buy your book, what's the best way to get it? Because I'm going to buy two copies. I have somebody I want to send it to tomorrow. <laughs> well, I, I certainly admire your judgment. Uh, I, probably the simplest way is to go to Amazon.com and uh, enter my name and One Mind, and it'll pop up. That's what I'll do. And I went to Amazon, and I saw 12 other books you've written. When do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that, that's very nice of you put it that way. Uh, most Many people say, why can't you stop talking? No. Stop, stop writing. But I don't know. I, I feel like I have an obligation to uh, convey these ideas to people who are interested uh, for a lot of reasons. First of all, it's a personal interest and passion of mine. And secondly, as you've already animated, it's our way of surviving on this planet. Unless we move in this direction, I think our species is not going to do very well. Makes me realize that when Robert passed away in 2010, I was so grateful that he worked for peace all his life. And his, he also had that epiphany at three. He said to his dad, I'm going to be a peacemaker. And his dad said, I pity you, young man. There's no such thing as a peacemaker. And he said, I'm going to work for peace. And I can tell you the whole story. It's in most of all, they taught me happiness. But what I want to say 
is that when you work for peace, as well as when you understand consciousness, you do remain younger, more vibrant, and able to do more. It's because you're on your destiny. It's on your path, right? Don't you feel that way about this, Larry? Well, if I didn't feel that way, I would have bailed out of my path a long time ago. Uh, I felt the need to combine attention to the physical and my experience as a as a general internist and working in hospitals with sick and dying people and combine that with a spiritual approach where I try to convey caring and uh, understanding and love to people who are in need. Now, that's just been my path, you know, and everyone has to work out their own path. Uh, but we wind up at the same place that, you know, we're, we're one, we're connected. There's no divisions. Well, your speech from Bioneers was about how prayer from a distance will cure or enable a person to cure themselves. I loved that. It's that con connectedness through prayer, through good thoughts. Right, Larry? That's, that's true. There's just uh, a lot of randomized, double-blind, controlled clinical studies showing that people through compassionate, loving, caring can make a difference in the physical world. Uh, I think it's irresponsible not to acknowledge that. Uh, because if we don't, then we do not understand fully who we are and how our consciousness can literally change the state of the physical world. Oh, it's so beautiful. I think about this time when we are unable to visit our relatives in hospitals because of COVID-19 and other things that make us sad. And then I think about you, Larry, and you are what I call an example for those watching today. My husband always said, don't die with your wisdom of encyclopedia, your encyclopedia of wisdom in you. And I want to thank you for taking that encyclopedia of wisdom, the data that you've collected, the evidence of people being praying for somebody who may have been ready for a deathbed and them recovering. And they always say, oh, that's just a little coincidence that he recovered. No, there's more to it. Don't let the data confuse you. Let the data convince you that this is your time to believe that we are more than we think we are. And I think our thoughts are, there's so many people who have said, don't let your mind be polluted by bad thoughts. Just say, no, thank you. And think the thought you need. Right, Larry? Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds better to me too. Well, Larry, is there a, um, do you have a dream for our planet? I always end the podcast with, let's hear your dream for our planet today. What would you like to have our people and the guests I have in the future know? Yep. Well, I, I think it's important to point out that you can work too hard at, at this. I, I think there's a point at which you have to let your inner instincts flower and come forward without struggling with this. I mean, a lot of us think that unless we get this down in three logical steps, it, it's, it's worthless. I, I think that it's important at some point that we step aside and let the information do us instead of our trying to do it. Just let things happen because the natural state of things is one of unity and compassion and love for one another. So if we were just to stop interfering and let that surface, I think we'd be better off. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. I love to just relax and let it be. That wonderful song, Just Let It Be. And that's how I feel what you're telling us, giving us permission to let it be. We're listening to Dr. Larry Dossie. I am so delighted that you were on today. Larry, if people wanted to find out more about you, I was lucky you sent me a, a bunch of papers that I haven't stopped reading. But Larry, what about people who don't know you? What website would you suggest they go to? It's pretty easy www.larrydossiemd.com. And the Dossie is D-O-S-S-E-Y. It is Why? Yes, you spelled it right. Oh, good for me. I just won a peace prize today, which almost threw me out of my chair. And they spelled my name wrong, but I don't care. I don't need to worry about how my name is spelled. I'm still awakening peace honor, honoree for 2020, and I am so delighted. I wasn't even going to say that except when I started talking about your name. But anyway. Congratulations, by the way. Talk about it. I, I am just amazed. Well, you know, I'm doing these peace podcasts because I, I really believe that, are, that the people I interview are mentors to our world today. That you, people who are watching us today, thank you. Thank you for joining the Peace Podcast community. Thank you for listening to Larry Dossie. And do remember that you are the peacemakers now. We are here. Why are we here? We're here because we have the wisdom our world needs. Larry Dossie, I think that you are incredible. I said oh, you are amazing, but now I'm going to say we all love you and thank you. What a I'll wonderful, back. right back at you. All right, my friends, join us every week and bring your friends together. You can all watch this on your own computer, iPhone, and wherever you feel comfortable and share it. Thank you for joining us. I'm Barbara Gone. See you next week.